We've been working our way through the book of First John uh, for several weeks together now, and we are in chapter three, right in the middle of it, and it'll be in verses 11 through 15 tonight. So First John 3, verses 11 through 15. And so as we start, here are, here are the first three questions, three tests. Someone help me remember uh, test number one. Love. Okay, love is good. So the love test, and that's, that's a test of do you love the family of God? Do you love the brothers and sisters in Christ? All right, so we got one, we got two more. Anyone remember another one? Truth. Truth, okay, there we go, two for two. Uh, the truth test. <laughs> do you believe the truth about Jesus as he is revealed in the word of God? Do you believe the truth of the gospel? And the third... The life test. Do you live in a way, I, I figured I'd just cancel the awkward silence. Do you live in a way that shows that Jesus is your savior? Do you live a life that reflects his character, the fact that God is your father? And so we've worked our way through. We have these three tests uh, cycled over and over and over again. Last time we were together in 1 John 3, uh, verses 7 through 10, he focused primarily on the life test. In other words, do you live in a way that shows uh, that you're related to God through faith. So he talks about practicing righteousness. And then just at the end of that in verse 10, he also hints at the love test, whoever does not love his brother. So now we're gonna begin reading. In 1 John 3, uh, verse 11, we'll read it down. We'll go ahead and read through verse 18. Probably tonight we'll get through verse 15 in our time together. John writes, for this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So as we walk through this, we think about the truth test. Do you believe the truth about Jesus? The love test, do you, do you love the family of Jesus? And uh, the life test, do you live in a way that shows that you know Jesus? Uh, which of these three tests would you say he's focusing on in this passage? Love? Yeah, pretty, yeah, it's the love test, love right. Test. He's focusing on, do you love the brothers? Now, we've got a familiar phrase in verse 11, and it's one that we have seen before. He says, this is the message, and then he introduces a phrase here that we've seen a handful of times already, and it's one of John's favorite phrases. He, he starts with it in his gospel, and he starts with it in his uh, first letter here. And so what phrase is that? It's what you have heard and then he uses the phrase. What phrase do we see there? The very first words in our Bible are similar to them. We should from love each other. Okay, from the beginning. Right. I heard it out there somewhere. Um, and then he follows. He says, this is what you heard from the beginning, that we should love each other. So this phrase from the beginning is something we've seen over and over in John's gospel. And it refers to when these people uh, first 
heard the gospel. It's what they've known from the beginning. And when the gospel comes into your life, what he's saying is, what else comes in? It's the end of the verse. That we should love one another. In other words, the message that we've heard from the beginning is that love in the body of Christ matters. Now, this is the first of six times that John includes this command to love one another in his, uh, in his letters. He does it five times in the book of 1 John and then once in 2 John. Now, you know, 2 John and 1 John isn't very long, but 2 John and 3 John are even shorter. They're just a single chapter each. And so it's this repeated message, this repeated command that we should love one another. Now, in verse 12, he's going to use a biblical illustration to help us understand what this doesn't look like or a negative example of love. This is not love. And what example does he use? What illustration? What Old Testament story in verse 12? Cain and Abel. Yep, Cain and Abel. So why do you think he goes to Cain and Abel? Well, John loves the beginning, and this story is right back there at the beginning. Now, Cain, we know, isn't the first sinner. Um, Adam and Eve get that distinction. But Cain does exemplify something. He exemplifies sin in a way that his parents didn't. He kind of takes it uh, to the next level. And we know that because he says we shouldn't be like Cain. Then he says he was of whom? Who was Cain of? Evil one. Yeah, the evil one. Now, why is it that he says Cain is of the evil one? Well, remember, he's talking about love here, and he's particularly talking about what kind of love? Family love. Love in, partic in, 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 in particular, our spiritual family. Love in the family of God. And so he says Cain's family is what? Who's Cain's dad? The evil one. He's addressing Cain's spiritual family, and he's contrasting that with those who are in God's spiritual family. So Cain's, whoa, my chair went there. Cain's spiritual father is the evil one. Our spiritual father, if God is our father, we ought to relate to one another differently than Cain related to his physical brother. Now, Cain is of the evil one. How do we know, how do we know who his father is? What does he do? He murdered his brother. Yeah, right. He murdered his brother. So we know who Cain's spiritual family is by how he treats his earthly, in his case, literal, physical, relational family. So how is it that we can tell who Cain's spiritual father is? It's by his actions. So his actions reveal his relationship. Now, John gives us an answer here because, you know, what's, what's important in any murder trial? Motive. You know, what's, what's the killer's motive? Does the killer have a motive? And John gives us Cain's motive. What is Cain's motive for killing his brother Abel? End of the verse, verse 12. His, his deeds are what? Evil. His deeds are evil. Exactly. His, his brothers deeds, are righteous. That's exactly right. So his deeds are evil. His brothers are, are righteous. And so he sees what's going on here. Abel is demonstrating by his sacrifice that God is his father. Cain's attitude, spirit in his sacrifice, 
demonstrates who his father is. And so he's, he resents God's acceptance of Abel and his rejection of Cain's sacrifice. Now, why was Cain's sacrifice not acceptable? Well, the difficulty is scripture doesn't uh, ultimately come out and tell us. Uh, we can conjecture, we can theorize, but what we see here is that Cain's heart was not right before the Lord. He was not submitted to the Lord and not, not sacrificing in the way that God had commanded or that God had asked. So who is, in verse 12, who's the example of hating someone else? Well, that's Cain. And what does hatred ultimately result in? In his case, it results in murder. And so if you remember uh, Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about murder. And he says that murder is something we can commit in our heart if we do what? If we hate our brother. That's right. Yeah. And so, so here he gets at it and, and he, he, he teases it out for us. So let's go down to verse 13. So he's talking about our love or our hate for someone else. Well, now he flips that and he talks about the way someone or something views us. Do not be surprised, verse 13, brothers, that what hates you? The world, right. Now, why in the world would the world hate Christians? Well, Cain's life gives us some insight here. Why did Cain hate Abel? Abel's deeds were what? Righteous. Righteous. Cain's deeds were evil. So what we have here, and we got to track this through, is there's a parallel going on here. Our lives, if we live righteous lives, or if we live Christ-like lives, and we live sacrificially loving lives, expose what is not loving, what is not righteous, what is sinful. And so our lives should be righteous in a way that distinguishes, distinguishes us as God's children or shows that God is our father. Cain's deeds showed who his dad was. It was the evil one. Our deeds ought to show who our dad is. So how do we know who our father is? Verse 14, we know that we have passed out of death into life. Now, this is the key question that, that John is seeking to answer, and it's this. How do we know that we know Christ? He's addressing not how we come to know Christ, how we come to faith in Christ, but rather he's addressing how can we know if we have faith in Christ or how can we have confidence in that relationship? How can we be confident that God is our Father? And what's the answer? We know that we pass out of death into life because of what? Verse 14. We love our brothers. Exactly. Love. We love our brothers. So how do we know if God is our Father? How do we know if we've passed from children of the evil one to children of our Heavenly Father? How do we know if we've passed, as he puts it here, from death to life if we love our brothers? So there is a way of looking at righteous living that says, you know, do the right things, think the right things, um, eat the right things, don't eat the wrong things, don't do the wrong things, don't be with the wrong people. But specifically, what John is getting at here is a way of living that is loving in the way it lives in community, in relationship with other people. Now, there's an alternative here. So if we love the brothers, we have life. What's the alternative? The end of verse 14, whoever does not love abides where? 
Death. In death. Right, in death. So love equals life. Hatred or not love equals death. Which also means then that we're children of whom? If we abide in death, we're children of whom? Death. death, the evil one, as he puts it a couple of verses before this. So we know that Cain is of the evil one because of how he lives. He didn't love his brother. And we know that we are of the evil one if we don't love our brother. So it's, you know, love, I don't know, in our world, it can get defined in a lot of ways, really fuzzy, and sometimes in ways that aren't biblical, and sometimes in ways that almost make you roll your eyes. But at its most basic level, love for someone else is really, really key to what it means to be a Christian. If you don't love the brothers, if you don't love the family of God, then he says, you're not of God. So let's go on to verse 15. And, and here he's going to echo pretty strongly um, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Everyone who hates his brother is what? A murderer. A murderer. Now this is like, come on, dude. I mean, John does not, uh, he does not, he, he does not mess around in terms of uh, his, his approach here. He's, he's very direct, and he puts it right out there. And if you are a murderer, he says, what do you not have? The end of verse 15. Eternal life. Yeah, you don't have eternal life. So you can't hate and have life. You can't hate and be God's child. So... Does this mean, for instance, if we resent someone or we resentfully hate someone, that that's just the same as murder? Mm -hmm. Well, not precisely. It does mean that in God's eyes, we're committing that sin. But of course, there are different consequences. I don't know. If, if, if you're angry at someone, there's a different consequence than if you pull out a brick, bash that person in the head, and kill them. There's, there's a different consequence for thought versus acting out that thought in the same way that there's a, a difference between uh, a look of desire or sinful desire or lust versus actually committing adultery. But what we see here is that we're still guilty in our hearts before God. Well, does this mean that if you have, in this case, a brother or sister in Christ that you resent, or the way he puts it here, that you hate, in other words, uh, you look across the church, you don't want to see him, or that you, you don't want to talk to, or when they come, you, you walk the other way, does this mean that if that's how you feel, that you can't be a child of God? Well, ultimately, that's not the question John is addressing, remember. He's addressing our confidence. What he's saying is God doesn't offer assurance for someone who lives this way. God doesn't offer confidence in their relationship with Christ with someone who hates their brother. So in other words, if, if you're the kind of person who willfully despises, in particular, another Christian, John says that affects our joy, our confidence, and our relationship uh, with Christ. I mean, so the kind of uh, hater, to use his language, who has life is a repenting hater, not someone who claims to be confident while hating his brother. It's someone who repents of hating his brother this way. And so what we see here is that the very core of being a follower of Christ is to love the family of God. Now, we're going to get into this uh, next time. We, we won't uh, go here today. 
but he gets on in verses 16, 17, and 18, and he says, he, 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 he teases out for us how it is that we know we love our brother. And how is it? It's not by our words. It's not by saying I love you. It's by our deeds, showing I love you. In fact, let, let's, just, let's just go ahead and, and dive in here right now. I think we've got, think we've got a, a few minutes here, so I'm going to go ahead and, and trick here. So how do we know, let's go to verse 18. How do we know that Christ loves us? He gave his life for us. Exactly. He gave his life. Now, Jesus could come and say, I love you. But he didn't do it that way. Now, we know from God's word, for God so loved the world, like, there is a testimony to that. But ultimately, how is it that we know that Jesus loves us? It's because he gave his life for us. Mm-hmm. We know love because he laid down his life for us. Words are cheap. Anyone can say, I love you. But when someone lives their life in a sacrificial, giving way that shows, that demonstrates love like this, that's something all together. And so because Jesus did this, verse uh, 16, what are we to do? He laid down his life and we ought to do what? Emulate him. Lay down our lives for others. Exactly. Exactly, Randy. We lay our life down for others in the way that he laid down his life for us. This means we set aside our rights our preferences, our demands for the sake of serving and loving others. Now, the, the, the clearest example of this, both in scripture and in life, in terms of human relationships, is husband and wife. A, a husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church, which looks like this. He lays down his life for her. That's not an easy thing to do. And marriage, parenting, they have a way of revealing to us how selfish we are. And what we know is love is a laying down of our rights for someone else. But John, again, he gets right down, wherever meets the road, verse 17. How do we know if we love our brother, verse 17? If we, if we do what? Share what goods we have. Yeah, exactly. If we share our goods, if, if we see someone in need and we help. In other words, if there's someone who has a need and I see that need and I turn and go the other way, And I say, be warmed and filled. Am I loving that person or not? Clearly not. Now, it's not, I'm not going to go so far as to say, well, I'm clearly hating that person, but I'm not loving that person. I'm not laying down uh, my goods, my life, my rights for the sake of that person. And, And the way that John states this is particularly strong. He says, we see someone in need, and then he says, yet we close our hearts to him so there's a a, a shutting off of a natural human response to this person in need how can god's love live in us if we don't love other people the way that god himself has loved us Mm -hmm. and look as as it relates to a lot going on in the world around us right now there aren't simple answers Sadly, our world is moving into further and further uh, polarized positions mm-hmm. where reasonable, peaceable conversations are difficult. But I do know that as Christians, we can at least try to do this for one another and try to, 
is, is love one another. And so when we don't have answers, I think this is a great way to go. How, how can we actively lay our lives down for the brothers? Well, verse 18, John comes out and, and uh, in, in my translation, his verse 18 is words are cheap. What does he say? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but what? Deed and truth. Indeed and in truth. In other words, John says, don't tell me, show me. Show me you love me. And so what we see here is that our love for God is an evidence that God's, or our love for the brothers is an evidence that God's love lives in us. So we'll go ahead and uh, close our time together uh, there with this. I love this passage because it calls us so clearly to love one another and tells us what the consequences are if we don't love one another. So we lay down our lives for others like Christ has laid down his life for us. Let's, let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for its clear call to sacrificial love. Lord, this isn't something that's easy. It's not something that we can do on our own. So Lord, would you help us? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.